0: In this episode of Negative Modifier, we were playing the game Cult Divinity Lost. Cult Divinity Lost by design involves content, themes, and situations that may be uncomfortable or triggering for some listeners, and is most definitely not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised, and we really do mean that this time. Hey there, Charlie here. On behalf of the whole cast and crew of Negative Modifier, thanks for giving us a listen. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a rating or reviewing us on your listening platform of choice, or liking this episode if you're enjoying this on YouTube. It only takes a few seconds, and it helps us find new people to inflict our signature brand of madness upon. If you want to support the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. If you're looking to chat with the cast, other listeners, or get the most up-to-date news about the podcast, check out our Discord channel. Both are linked down below in the show notes. And with that all said... Detective Jenner, you're a little bit in front of the other two because you're still with Franklin Mills and Preston. Yeah, I'll
1: have them stop and say, hold on. Sounds like they're coming.
0: So as you stop to do that, actually, you're just kind of overcome with a flashback of the last time you were here. Like, it's all kind of flickering images and a bit distorted. kind of plays out both too fast and too slow, but like... It comes at you hard. it's the you very vividly remember entering the engine room, discovering the victim, kind of realizing what had happened to her, the kind of the butchered and ritualized dismemberment of her, and yet you have this strange memory that despite the fact that she was obviously dead, no human could possibly be alive still in that case. She's kept pleading with you and struggling and yeah, and as fast as it kind of comes over you, it passes. Yeah, I'm kind of like holding
1: the wall and holding my head, like I'm a little dizzy, trying my best not to throw up.
0: Yeah, so give me a keep it together. Ten partial success. All right. So, what negative emotions do you want to kind of go into? You're gonna get angry at this. You're gonna kind of show some fear in the situation. You're gonna feel sad. You're gonna feel guilty, or you're gonna kind of become obsessed with Franklin Mills because this is obviously like. Whatever the hell this is, this is his fault. Do you to feel distracted? Like
1: I think that I'm distracted by what's going on.
0: All right. I'll keep that in my pocket for when that's kind of applicable for later.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking around the engine room, like, taking in all of the things that I remember happening and, and seeing any stains that might be left over, and I can't, like, keep focused.
0: Makes sense. To distract, it's going to be a minus two in situations where perhaps concentration or paying attention would be important. But yeah, eventually you all kind of get back together in a group, and you continue further down into the ship. The stairwells are horrible. Like Every step you take is loud. It echoes and clatters through the space. Your flashlights cast just bizarre shadows, partially from the partially destroyed ship, partially because... Turns out the interior of large industrial ships cast just really weird shadows, and everything sounds as sort of you're hearing it through something strange there's a weight and pressure to being in this space. you definitely feel trapped. It's a large metal staircase like it's nothing pleasant about it, and it's loud to like that's maybe that's the thing I can't like drive home enough. It's just how unbelievably loud every step you take in here is and at the same time, it's wet. Like, you hear drips coming from every direction. And again, this is a technically a sinking ship or a mostly sunk ship type of situation. Like, it's hard to pinpoint where sounds are coming from or what direction sounds are coming from. It's just it's a hellish cacophony of just every sound one does not want to feel when your only primary source of illumination is a flashlight. And you traverse this for a few minutes, and... Eventually, you arrive deep in the ship at the engine room door. On its face, a nondescript large steel door. What do you do?
1: I pull out my hard
2: cam, and I turn it on and press record. All right. I'm just kind of, like, focusing on keeping it together right now. Sure.
1: I wait till everyone seems like they're ready, and I'll push the door open.
0: All right, so opening this door, unsurprisingly, is loud as you kind of push the door and it puts off just this horrible, jarring, shrieking noise, which it just reverberates around the entire space. Like, it's not just that it's loud, it's piercing. Like, everyone has a bit of a reaction to it. It's hard to kind of ignore a sound like this. And the air that spills out is just stale and smells of murky polluted water and rusted machinery and inside in the dark your flashlights cast about this kind of create this landscape of elongated shadows that make no sense partially decomposed machinery jagged chunks of metal broken glass reflects kind of the light off in random directions it just feels sharp and jagged and dangerous inside the room and off on the other side of the room, you see a staircase that leads further down into the ship.
1: We are now entering the site where Franklin Mills was found, with the last victim's name Janice Bedford, uh, also known as the mother of the missing child William Bedford. Earlier, we passed the site where Clark Glover's body was discovered on a stairway, and I take a couple steps inward.
0: Any other reactions?
1: I'm just kind of watching the doctor, thinking to myself, like, well, what the fuck is she doing, making a documentary or something? I'm confused at how calm she seems about everything. Sure. Clinical.
0: Makes sense. So, Preston gives Franklin a bit of a shove and kind of starts leading him in. Partially dragging, partially leading, like, Franklin's not been especially happy the entire time he's been here. Not in the same way he was in the house, though. There's something different about this. Like, there's almost a panic slowly growing in him, and he's not fighting Preston, but he definitely does not want to go into that room. He's definitely looking around at the walls and the shadows. Uh, Some mix of scared and panicked might be the right read on him, but yeah, he kind of gets slowly dragged, slowly led into the center of the room. And upon reaching, we'll say about two thirds of the way in, he just starts to sob and falls to the ground, crying. Everyone give me a observe the situation.
2: I rolled a 10 partial success. I rolled a 12 partial success.
0: Partial success, 10. All right, so that's enough to hear that layered in with Franklin Mills sobs, are a second group of sobs, a child sobs, and they're not coming from Franklin. They are echoes reverberating throughout the ship.
2: Is it getting louder than Franklin Mills, or is it just like faint echoing around the ship?
0: It's faint. It's definitely on the weaker side, but you can definitely hear it still.
1: I'm kind of moving around more just trying to capture the sound on my camera. At the mention of the second matricide, uh, Franklin Mills has dropped to the ground and started sobbing. Echoing sobs have started expressing in a... almost like a childlike pitch. If this is a physical phenomena that could be linking his guilt, and if this is a guilt that's surfacing in regards to the initial matricide uh, with the murder of Martha Mills. And I'm now just kind of pointing the camera at Franklin and
2: observing him. Do I recognize the, I guess, the, the crying of it? Like, does it sound vaguely familiar at all to anything I would have heard that night?
0: If you're asking if you recognize kind of who the child crying is... No, it's too distorted and kind of warbly and echoey to fully figure out that part of it. But you definitely recognize it as a child crying. Okay. In addition to Franklin.
2: Okay, I start trying to look around to see if I can kind of, like, narrow it down or, or like, pinpoint it. So, like, I know I was, like, kind of in my own headspace, but, like, right now, after hearing that, like, I want to try to help.
0: Alright, so are you in the room at this point as well or no?
2: Oh yeah, no, I definitely get in the room and, and sure. start kind of like looking around. Yep.
1: Jenner kind of looks to Host Rob and whispers, Do you
2: do you hear that? Am I losing my fucking mind? I lean over, or not lean over, but like I kind of turn my head a little bit, but still keep my eye line facing towards the room and in there, and I'm like, No, I hear it too. You hear it, right? Yeah. Yeah, a fucking kid. Who the fuck is down here? I don't know, but let's go find this kid. Yeah, no, let's go. Let's go. And, yeah, I just start, I team up at this point with uh, with Detective Jenner and any kind of weird, like, moments that, you know, or just, I guess, uh, the, the call of, like, duty, if you will, to try to, like, help whoever this is Has kind of superseded any kind of weird tension I may have had with Jenner, given that our relationship right now is currently very tense. So we're, yeah, we're just kind of like, well, nope, this is, we need to do what's right. And so we just kind of jumped into it, at least on my end. That's where my headspace is at right now.
1: Very similar for Jenner. Any petty grievances, maybe not petty, but grievances she has can be put on the back burner for now. Especially if it's a kid crying in here, and, I mean, we never found the kid's body related to this crime. I mean, either someone's playing a really horrible joke, or this is some really chance of fate. She does draw her sidearm.
2: I do not have a sidearm on me, so I, I'm just kind of going unarmed right now.
1: General, will offer to take point.
0: All right, but you're all in the room, correct? Yes. Right, so as you kind of get about four or five feet away from the door you enter through, it slams shut with a loud shriek. And as this all happens, kind of half crying, half laughing, Franklin says from a spot on the floor, Why the fuck did you bring me here? And why did you side with her?
2: I uh I ignore that and keep looking for the kid. The camera was initially
1: whipped over to the door and it's back now on Franklin. And I just start questioning. It's like, who is her? Is her Martha? Is her your it's is her
0: Martha? Are you talking about your mother? Of course it's my mother. She won't let me go. She's here. What do you mean she's here? Like physically present here or Oh, you'll find out soon enough. That's why you brought me here, right? To punish me like she used to? This is the hull of a ship. This isn't a closet door. Kind of inhales, lets it out slowly. At this point, Preston kind of is on the ground trying to pick him up some. And quickly and deliberately, Franklin Mills just rams a large chunk of metal into Preston. Preston fumbles at something on his belt, jumps to his feet, and runs into the dark as fast as he can. I'm going to
1: react and try to shoot him in the leg.
0: Yeah, give me an act under pressure.
1: Six failure.
0: Yeah, it's dark, it's terrifying, like your shot goes wide. You hear Franklin's steps sloshing and echoing through the hallway. Preston is on the ground, holding on to this just jagged chunk of metal shoved into his gut. He's looking around, he is bleeding profusely. You're not sure how Franklin did it, but it's not just a stab. It's like a stab and twist and pull and sideways. Like it's some serious damage has been done to Preston. He is confused. He is scared.
2: I run over to try to like help him out. Like, I guess try to assess the situation, maybe provide some like first aid. Sure. I mean, it's part of like my, some of my training a bit as like, you know, initial triage stuff, nothing advanced, but at least just to try to, like, assist and run over. And then as I'm running over, I turn to Jenner, like, you go after Mills. I've got this here. Go, go, go. And, like, I run towards Preston. I kneel down and I try to assess the situation, try to stop some of the bleeding and all that.
0: So if you're chasing after Mills, give me a act under pressure. And if you're trying to help Preston, give me an act under pressure.
1: I would like to state that Omri is going to also run after. I'm not about to miss out on this opportunity. Sure.
2: Uh, I
0: rolled a five failure. We're going to play what happens with Preston first. So Preston's kind of grabbing onto this medal and Kostroff, this is eerily familiar. Maybe not exactly what you've seen before, but I suspect this sparks some memories. It's just kind of... Preston's bleeding out, like you didn't realize just how far this chunk of metal went through him or how much metal there was, and his blood is slowly mixing with water on the floor and some oil and just the room smells horrible. In addition to that, you hear the sound of both DeHomre and Jenner running off into the dark away from you, leaving you in this part of the engine room once again. Give me a keep it together. Partial success. So I to lose some stability, but again, what is the emotion you're feeling right now? Is it more fear? Is it angry? Like this has happened again. It would make sense to get angry in this type of situation. You become distracted. Like what is what is your reaction to the situation?
2: So I actually am gonna become obsessed right now because okay. I I mean I, I understand the situation's eerily similar, but my need to want to help and fix things in this situation right now supersedes any other personal feelings in terms of, like, the trauma at the moment, because I need to help. It's a primal urge at this point that I need to fix things. I need to help. And right now, I'm in a situation where someone is literally bleeding out in the spot where I was at before, and I I, want to help.
0: All right. So with that in mind... You hear, in addition to this crying child, you hear just this this horrible scream. It comes from a woman, and you immediately recognize it as Janice Bedford's scream. It's echoing through the ship, and she's calling for your help. Wait, did you
2: say the name of the person that?
0: Janice Bedford. The person that was ritualistically murdered and butchered in this exact engine room
2: that's what I thought you said, and i I also had to just in real life process that for a moment um okay so um I hear that and I legitimately just am perplexed because am I in some sort of like weird dream scenario right now what's going on like i start like am i I start questioning my my reality yeah, at that point, like, because it's like, there's no way I could be in this exact situation and hear that exact scream. That person is dead. I watched, like, well, I, I am... I watched them die. I remember You've them You've been dying. told
0: they're dead. You've seen the body, probably, even.
2: Yeah. So, I'm... Well, I mean, I've seen a little more than that. Also true. If I remember correctly. Yes. So... I I there's more that I've seen than anybody else is very much aware of. So to hear that scream in particular in this scenario has legitimately startled me that I'm questioning if I'm like am I stuck in this weird dream? Am I actually is this actually happening? At that point I'm kind of distracted but I'm also trying to help Preston and I'm like yeah, there's just a lot that's going on right now and then I'm kind of going back and forth between, like, did I hear what I think I heard? And then just trying to, like, assist Preston. And, and kind of going back and forth in my head, back and forth of just this, oh, was that what I think it was? Who? No way, that's not, she's dead. She, I saw her die. And then also, like, oh, God, he's bleeding out. Preston's bleeding out. And it's just, there's so many, mind, like, thoughts racing through his head right now. He's panicking at this point. And yeah I'm just yeah just a moment of just like shock on that one, but i'm I'm still trying to really like really, really try to help press it right now, but yeah i i'm I'm definitely distracted at this point when it comes to that situation.
0: makes a lot of sense all right, so now jumping to the other two. so you are racing through the hold of the Cenobia. you can hear Franklin Mills, you can't see him.
1: For the act under pressure, I rolled a 15 success. I rolled a parcel success with 10.
0: All right, so Detective Jenner makes a certain amount of sense. You are nice and far ahead. Your instincts kick in. You are chasing after him. Dr. Dahamre, you're... This isn't really your thing. Chasing convicts through a shiphold. this is not really your forte. You got your camera with you. Maybe you're a tad distracted. You're doing it, but not as well as maybe you want to be type of thing. And after about, we'll say, 100 or so feet, couple bulkheads, couple twists and turns, you both pass on the ground, Franklin Mills discarded handcuffs. He is loose on the ship, unrestrained at this point. Unfortunately, Dr. Dahmer, you're starting to kind of lag behind Detective Jenner some, and you see her go right around a corner And when you reach that corner, the corner just seems to end at a dead end after a few feet.
1: So, as I'm at that dead end, I'm mildly freaking out because, okay, cool, I'm in a really life-and-death situation. I have only two hands, but I want to hold three things. My pepper spray, that syringe full of knockout juice, and my camera, because the camera is ultimately, like, what I'm doing this for. So I have to choose between like pepper spray or the syringe. And I'm going to hopefully fumble around my bag and find one of those things. I didn't drop anything or whatever have you. Because I didn't expect to be run down a half sunken ship or whatnot. Reaching into my bag and grabbing something. What do I grab? Or can I like aim to grab something? I am freaking out.
0: If you want to grab your pepper spray, you can. If you want to grab your syringe, you can. Whatever you want. Cool. Actually, no. Give me an act under pressure. I'm going to take that back. Let's see if you actually kind of do this not totally fumbly.
1: You you said the magic words on purpose. Oh, I, I crit
0: that. Success with a 20, maybe? Yeah, so you manage to grab what you want.
1: So I'm grabbing a syringe and I'm taking the needle cap off with my teeth and just spit out the top. And I'm holding it just kind of in an active position where it's like I am ready to have my thumb on the plunger and stab and hopefully sedate Franklin Mills. It's just spooky at this point. Yeah. But I am going to try to reconnect with Jenner. And I'm just going to cautiously move about and try to get my bearings.
0: All right, so as you're looking around, you kind of go back around the corner that you came from initially, and it's strange. You don't remember running through at least knee-depth water, but the hallway that you ran down seconds ago is now full of some amount of water. You can't quite tell. You're guessing it's at least would come up to your knees, and floating off in one corner is a body face down in the water. It's got blonde hair, wearing a large t-shirt. How how
1: badly decomposed is it?
0: Um, it's not, I guess. Like, it's it definitely looks dead, but, like, also it's a face-down thing in the water. It might not be dead necessarily. Who knows? It's definitely not Franklin Mills, though. This is, you would guess, a 13-year-old woman, give or take? Holy shit,
1: there's a... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm trying to hold the syringe in my mouth while I run over to the body to try to flip it, I
0: guess, and check for vitals. Sure. That's you grab the body and kind of pull it up out of the water and start checking it? Yes. So as you flip this woman over, she is indeed a 13-year-old woman. She has blonde hair, hollowed-out eyes, unbelievably pale skin, and you realize she's holding a metal pipe that she just swings at you the moment you kind of, like, flip her up some. So how do you react?
1: I try to dodge. I'm pretty sure that I'm probably going to, like, fall backward or whatever have you, and just kind of end up in the water. But I'm going to throw her back and just kind of resist the urge to scream because I'm holding my syringe in my mouth.
0: Sure. Yeah, give me a avoid harm. Oh, I did not crit that. Failure with a nine. Alright, so this thing kind of whirls on you, and you're not sure where the light's coming from that illuminates this thing, but you recognize this body. Her name is Sarah, and she took enough sleeping pills that she died at one point, and she slowly starts moving towards you, looks at you, well, you're looking well, doctor. I can't quite say the same about myself. Sarah,
2: Oh, holy shit, Sarah. Sarah? You, you- you're not supposed to be here. What? what- Oh, but we
0: all are here. Isn't that right, Dermont? And you feel a muscular arm snake up behind you and just grab you as you are dragged backwards into the water. That when you ran through it was only knee length, but suddenly is as best you can tell, bottomless? I
1: scream out into the water and I because I don't think I've, I've just now seen like one of my patients who I know is dead interact with me in a very gruesome manner. I'm going to try to struggle actually. I'm going I'm, to I'm screaming but I'm, I'm going to struggle and try to break myself free.
0: Yeah, give me an act under pressure. Why not? Failure
1: with another nine.
0: Yeah, so your eyes are open and kind of like looking up, you see somehow the flaming lights of Zug Island above the water surface as you're kind of dragged deeper and deeper down. But it's weird. Right as you start to lose consciousness, you swear somehow that you can hear Christian music? And suddenly you can smell the smell of cooking meatloaf. But with that, we're going to jump to Detective Jenner. Detective Jenner, you are in hot pursuit of Franklin Mills through the interior of the Cenobia. You can still hear his footsteps off in the distance. He still has a bit of a lead on you. What are you doing?
1: I am just keeping my head down and pushing forward. Uh, She yells out Franklin's name every like 10 seconds telling him to stop. Uh, she's got her gun in one hand, just running through the ship.
0: Sure. Got your flashlight out still, or are you just kind of trying to run and go on instinct at this point? I mean, yeah, she's got her flashlight in the other hand. Yeah. All right, so kind of after probably a few minutes, we'll say like two, three minutes of running, you hear a splashing sound that you assume is Franklin running through some water, and you find yourself in a room with... It looks really shallow, about one or two inches top, deep puddles kind of scattered around the floor. Your flashlight reflects off of them, and in one of the puddles floats a small child's shoe. Yeah,
1: not thinking, because I have heard the child cry in here. Jenner jumps into the water, like, not jumps, but, like, goes down trying to search for the child that was crying.
0: Yeah, so you reach down, grab at the shoe. And in the water, you see the reflection of a small 11-year-old girl in a pink padded jacket kind of off in the corner, right next to the door you ran through to come into this room. Like, you're not sure how you missed her coming in, but somehow you did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I turn around uh, and, like, shine the flashlight at her, getting up, like, getting ready to holster my weapon.
0: Yeah, so she's kind of curled up in this corner. She has labored breathing, and she kind of, like... Hours away from you go. And she goes, why? Why didn't you take me to the hospital?
2: Huh? Well, we're going to get you help, OK? Not from you. Why didn't you take me to the hospital?
1: Jenner looks confused. And I think it kind of dawns on her uh, what she's seeing. Is that correct, Charlie?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. You... Put two and two together and realize that this is Lydia. An 11-year-old girl that... Do you want to say it or should I?
1: The 11-year-old girl that I hit drunk driving home one
2: night. Oh.
0: Oh. And as you get closer, you realize that one of her legs is broken, it's twisted at a strange angle, so much that a jagged chunk of bone is just stabbed through her skin the small pool of blood she is terrified her eyes are wide open and she's just staring at you accusingly god what the fuck
1: oh what the f- i i'm so sorry i i can't how are you she's like stumbling over her words and her thoughts sure. and can i roll, uh, keep it
0: together? Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely try and keep it together. Yeah, I want to see how
1: I'm doing before yeah. I decide what I'm going to do. Uh, I roll a 12 with a partial success.
0: Alright, so lose one stability, but also what gets worse? Like, you're feeling sad, you're feeling mad, you're feeling angry? I'm guilty.
1: Absolutely. That's that's where the, the uh, stability comes from, so Feeling guilty and not really realizing the issues with the situation at hand, she's going to approach and try to render aid as best as she can. Apologizing the whole time, crying herself, doing what she thinks will help.
0: All right, so you're kind of getting in there and comforting her? Yeah. Give me and avoid harm. No, you have that negative because of the distracted. Give me an endure injury for two injury. I rolled a 15 success. All right. So as you get close, this girl, this Lydia kind of real quickly just slams or tries to slam as best she can a rusted screwdriver that she was hiding under her leg into you. It hits your coat and kind of gets deflected off of it. You get lucky on that one. And she starts kind of like pushing herself up, but she's not like grabbing something. She's like rising almost, like almost in a jerky, marionette-like fashion off the floor. She kind of looks at you again. She's only an 11-year-old girl, so she's not taller than you, but like in a very weird way, she suddenly feels bigger than you. And she just says, you're the one that's going to need to go to the hospital this time,
1: detective. There's a split second where Jenner thinks about drawing her gun again, but seeing this child, even in their imposing form, that she had harmed before, uh, she can't bring herself to do it. So she just turns and runs.
0: Doing an act under pressure.
1: Fourteen partial success.
0: All right, so you are whipping through this place as fast as you can. You're trying to find an exit. You're just trying to put some distance between you and Lydia at this point. I'm
1: yelling out for. Ostrov.
0: sure i'm trying to
1: retrace my steps and find anyone that's in the group
0: all right give me observe a situation 13 partial success you're not finding what you're looking for but you swear you hear kind of like christian muzak playing from somewhere deeper in the ship and you feel pretty confident that you could make your way there maybe that's the outside world a radio or something outside the ship that some worker put down and forgot or something uh, do you head towards it or could i
1: ask you one of these questions sure i want to know what i can use to my advantage
0: i mean that might be an escape are you looking for like a weapon or i'm looking for
1: a route that i think i could easily traverse but not the um, the childlike form
0: i mean you have definitely longer legs as an adult she can probably fit through anything you can. Your advantage is speed and distance, probably, in this situation. Unless you want to try and, like, climb up. That also might be an advantage.
1: I think I will continue towards the, the
0: music. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. Officer Kostroff. Is it? You are following the sounds of Janice Bedford's screams as she screams out for help.
2: Wait, am I just leaving Preston behind? Or...
0: Uh, are you? I, I, He's pretty much dead at this point.
2: Okay, I, I was just trying to confirm if they had already passed, or if they were pretty much dead.
0: Uh, there's nothing you can do for Preston. If he's not dead, he's very close to being there.
2: Okay. Okay, are they dead already, or are they, like, very close to it? Because, uh, I guess... The guilt, since I, you know, I. There's a lot of guilt going on right now with all this stuff. I would feel very awful to leave somebody in their last moments. I guess.
0: I understand. Yeah. But also, Janice Bedford is streaming for your help specifically. <sighs> True. She's calling you by name. Okay. There's nothing you can do for Preston at this point. He's. Probably not long for this world, but also that would mean leaving him to die all alone in this engine room.
2: Uh, okay, um, so I guess in like a v- pretty much futile last attempt, I'm going to tear off part of my shirt to try to like, I guess, uh, put some pressure on, on the wound to reduce some of the bleeding, I sure. guess. Um, just, you know, it, it, I I mean... Part of me knows it's futile at this point. It- yeah, give
0: me an act under pressure.
2: Okay. I rolled a 12 partial success.
0: I mean, like you do a pretty good tourniquet, and like you have him pretty well patched up. It doesn't change the fact that there's a very large chunk of metal through him, though, too. Like, you have, to the best of your abilities and situational resources, bandaged him up as best you can.
2: Okay. And so I just kind of look at him like, like, just relax. You're going you're to be all right. You're going to be all right. I will be right back. I, I need to go. I, I need to go see where that screaming me is coming from. And like, I'll, I'll be right back. I swear. I promise I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I, I promise. I promise. I'll be right back. And just kind of like, almost at this point, it's like he's rambling. Like he's, it's like he's trying to convince himself at this point that like, no, you're going to be all right. Everything will be okay. I'll be right back. It's not so much for Preston at this point as much as it also is for off for at this point. Sure. And so I, I get up and I start heading towards the sound of the yelling. Or at least
0: try to... Yeah, just trying to make your way there?
2: Yeah, I just kind of try to run in that general direction of where I'm hearing it uh, come from. If I can try to figure it out anyway.
0: All right. So... You're making your way through the labyrinth of the ship, you're following the sounds and echoes of screams and pleas for help, and eventually you come across a room that's full of machines, and as you enter, they all kind of sputter to life, there's sparks, there's popping sounds, there's smoke, and on one of the machines, kind of in the center of the room, almost like a diocese of some kind, is a gun. A pistol, to be precise.
2: Okay. I, I'm caught off guard by there just being a gun sitting there, so I, I start walking towards it. But I'm also like more distracted, like trying to find the. It, it, do I still hear the screaming at all? Or the yelling? You know, oh yeah. The, I, okay, so um, I'm gonna just quickly grab the gun and head towards
0: the yelling. So as you reach for the gun, you notice a couple things. One, it is. Oddly clean and well-maintained, despite the everything about this place. The second thing is that this is your gun, your service pistol. Do you still grab it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I might have caught that, but I'm really concerned about trying to get to the yelling right now, so.
0: All right, so do you grab in kind of a traditional grip, or do you just kind of pick it up and put it in a pocket or something?
2: Is there like a holster there with it, or is it just literally the gun? Just the gun. I'm just going to grab it and, I guess, it, grab it and move towards the yelling in, like, a tactical manner. Because I, Franklin Mills is still running around somewhere. Oh, yeah. So I need to be mindful of that. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to be moving with the gun, but I'm holding the gun uh, tactically, if you will.
0: Sure. No. So as your kind of fingers close around the grip and it settles into a familiar grip and kind of holding pattern, You're overcome with a memory, a vision. You're not quite sure of Franklin Mills releasing you from being tied up and bound and gagged and handing you this gun and looking you in the eye and going, you need to go stop those police officers now. You have to go stop them. And you feel yourself slowly drifting towards stairs out of the vision, you suddenly find yourself walking upstairs. You keep flashing back and forth into that vision. And you then see a figure about two-thirds of the way up into the dark on the top of the stairs. What do you do?
2: Do I recognize the figure at all? You can't
0: see the figure well.
2: <sighs> well, I don't want to shoot, obviously. But uh, I am want to try to move closer to the figure, but keep my gun not aimed towards the figure, but like still... Somewhat actively held, so that if I need to quickly aim, I can.
0: Sure. No, and the figure sees you and starts approaching you in a menacing manner.
2: Menacing manner? So I'm just going to yell, freeze! Stop! Don't move!
0: Doesn't respond.
2: I aim my gun up. How much time do I have before they're close, close?
0: It's closing on you
2: quick. Okay. I yell, freeze, one more time.
0: They're still approaching. All right, I pull the trigger. You have just shot Clark Glover. He falls dying to the steps, and you feel euphoric. Over your shoulder, you see Franklin Mills close the door you walked out of to go up these stairs and seal it. At the top of the stairs, now no longer in darkness, you see a door that doesn't make any sense here. In fact, you vaguely remember this door from Waring Street? There's this wave and look of confusion
2: on my face as I see this door.
0: That's just a house front door where a bulkhead door should be in the ship. You go towards it?
2: I am very cautious, but I do slowly head towards the door
0: All right, so you approach the door. Do you open it?
2: Well, first off, I touch the door to see if it's actually real. It's very real. Just a normal house door? Part of me very much does not want to go, but I will go ahead and put my hand on the doorknob and and turn the the doorknob.
0: All right, so as you open the door, you hear, again, some... Christian music suddenly kind of comes out of the door at you, and you smell a faint smell of cooking meatloaf. Jumping back to Detective Jenner, you are running through the interior of the Cenobia, following this sound. As you're approaching what you believe to be the source of this sound, you're smelling fresh by comparison air, you feel a breeze and you finally find yourself in a long, straight hallway that you swear at the end you can see the glow of the outside. There is some water in the hallway, kind of farther away from you. I would guess it's about ankle deep or so, give or take.
1: Okay. I am going to slow down a little so that I don't rip uh, moving through the, the water here, but I'm going to keep moving fairly quick.
0: All right, so... You're not quite sure when you realize it, but as you start kind of walking through the water, it starts getting deeper, faster. Like after a few steps, you realize you're kind of up to your chest in water, and looking back, there's just as much water behind you. What do you do?
1: Where do I hear the music? Still forward, kind of still towards the glow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swim.
0: All right. So as you're doing that, the water, like again, like the water keeps seeming to get deeper and deeper, and suddenly. you realize that you were underwater and that there is no space between the top of the water and the ceiling. Like it's, You're now in a completely flooded hallway, and if you look back and forth, it's completely filled either direction.
1: I'm going to look for a way up. A uh, way out or a way up? Up or out, whichever I can find first.
0: Alright, so below you, you see I'm not sure how you missed this, a hatch. It looks like, almost like a I don't know, like almost like an air seal of some kind. One that you might use if like the ship was sinking or something like that.
1: We'll attempt to open
0: it. Alright, yeah. Give me an act under pressure.
1: A twelve partial success.
0: It's hard. You have to kinda of really get your body in there. It's rusted. It's you hear it just screeching and resisting you as you do this. Give me a endure injury at one.
1: A seven failure.
0: So You get the door most of the way open, you're not quite sure what, and you realize how long you've been underwater. It's maybe been minutes, and you've been exerting yourself hard, and as you slowly fade to black, you kind of feel yourself drifting down into this opening you just made.